D. Smith, welcome in. It is the latest edition of the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. The Unnamed Soccer Podcast brought to you by Three Punk Ales in Chula Vista, home of Golsh, and then it is also brought to you by Sport Clips, where it is good to be a guy. We recommend you get your haircut in San Diego or out of San Diego. If there's a Sport Clips near you, that's where we recommend you go. How you doing today? Um, I am in a whirlwind today. Are you? Is what it because of the weather in Southern California for those? Because we know that this is an international podcast, as we've chronicled over the years, people listen to this literally all over the world. How many countries last year, Darren? I think we were up to 20-something, right? 69. Okay, nice. Did not realize it was that many. I was being modest. But for those that are listening someplace outside of Southern California on a Wednesday, it's pouring out there. And in Southern California, that means really, really terrible things. So It is pouring tears from Tottenham fans, <laughs> baby! <laughs> is it? I don't know. I, don't, I, don't, I can't quite get my finger on the pulse of what's happening. we got a packed show today. We'll talk about the U.S. men's national team calling it a year. They are done. They've played their final match for 2019. An interesting setup and report out of Los Angeles that the MLS All-Star Game is going to be a matchup of MLS versus Liga MX. What? We have the USL Championship match to discuss, which was played over the weekend in Louisville. So we've got a lot to get to. But again, I think the story in all of the soccer universe, or football universe, if you will, is that Maurizio Pochettino out, and within hours, Jose Mourinho in as manager of Tottenham Hotspur. Done deal. Done deal. We've had pictures floating around on social media. We have a practice schedule that was pushed back to accommodate the new manager. We have a lot of aftermath, a lot of confusing feelings on on behalf of many people affiliated in some connection to this story. So I just, I I love it. I, I, I would just defer to you because you're the person with experience knowing what it's like to support a club where Jose Mourinho is the manager. I feel like we should probably start there hmm. before we get into Pochettino out. Let's, because talk, let's start with Jose. They want to know, I'm sure that the Spurs faithful are tuning in and they want to know what it's like supporting a club where Jose Mourinho is your manager. Yes. Welcome, Tottenham fans, to the dark side. <laughs> Welcome. Right. And we can we can definitely loop in some United fans here. Maybe we can find some Real Madrid fans here. We can find some Porto fans. We can find many, many different supporters all from around the country, all from around the world. But for the purposes of this podcast, there's only one of us who knows what it's like to have to support Jose Mourinho, and that would be our man Jordan Carruth. Darren, which time? Because it happened twice with Chelsea. Mm -hmm. It happened one time he left, and then Chelsea wanted him back so badly. They brought him back for a couple more trophies. They squeezed a few more trophies out of Jose before he left again. The question for me, if we're going to start with Jose... Uh, which Jose are they getting? Are they getting the good Jose, the the Jose that Chelsea had? Or are they getting the Jose that Manchester United had? I don't know which Jose they're getting, but I know Tottenham fans don't want to go to a Chelsea supporter right now in this moment, because I know it's a very emotional moment, but I will provide a little bit of light at the end of this tunnel for Tottenham fans. I'm not a supporter that thinks you need to go out and find a manager that is going to be someone who takes over a 10-year project. And sets yourself up. I mean, similar to what Potch did. Five-year project. Built up his roster. It takes time and hopefully it pays off at the end. Tottenham came very close to it. Paying off in the Champions League final. I'm a Chelsea supporter, Darren. I don't need a manager to stick around very long. 
Six months, that's fine. <laughs> a year, that's fine. Two years in a row, that's a miracle. That's what we call a miracle with Chelsea. So I'm not a supporter. Whoever gets whoever gets lost in the well, we need a we need an Arsene Wenger. We need a Wenger who's going to be here for 20 years and he's going to be he's going to be a pillar of our club. That's not where I come. Jose is a guy that will come in for a couple of moments. Hopefully, they're good moments for Tottenham. I feel like Jose Mourinho. This is a job that he never would have considered. Before Poch ever showed up with Tottenham Hotspur, let's let's not pretend that Tottenham were plucking Manchester United managers every single year before this run they went on with Poch. So initially, my reaction when I saw the news, Darren, was joy because what Poch has done to Tottenham has not been fun for Chelsea fans. It has not been fun for Arsenal fans. It has not been fun for United fans. It has not been fun for a lot of clubs to see Tottenham rise with Poch. And now, so the initial reaction for me yesterday when the news came down was excitement. And the excitement, to be honest with you, was a little bit tempered. And a lot of people will make fun of Jose going to Tottenham. And a lot of people will make fun of Tottenham making the decision to actually sack Pochettino, even though I thought the entire time it would be Pochettino to leave the club. But the club made the decision to move on. To me, I think there's going to be there's going to be light at the end of this tunnel, potentially a trophy. I... The biggest issue, the biggest rub, and the pushback for me before I just want to say, listen, there's a chance he's going to get you what you want, Tottenham, a trophy. That's what you're desperate for, and that's what Jose delivers. I want to say that, but he he did it a little bit with United. I don't know what he's going to do with Tottenham in the next two years because you still have City, you still have Liverpool, who I don't think they're going anywhere, and I don't expect Jose to stick around for six, seven years and outweigh the the Liverpool and City dominance, I think he's only going to be there for a little bit of time and we'll see if he can get a trophy. But I think there is some light here for Tottenham fans. Yeah, I would agree. And I think you used the right word. I think the question that was asked, and I forgot where I saw this, Jose Mourinho, silverware or chaos? And the answer is probably a little bit of both. Both. I think it is a little bit of both. And you know, you can look at what he did at United, and let's remember one thing here. And I mean this really with all due respect, and it was really super easy to be snarky about Tottenham, but you know, you're not Manchester United. And just because Manchester United fans look down their nose at an EFL Cup or the Community Shield or Europa League doesn't mean that you're in that same position to do so. So you know, there you should have high expectations if you're a Tottenham supporter, if you're one of our fans and and our friends and listeners who we've hung out with at the Harp. You should, of course. You were in the Champions League final. You finished second. You finished third. You've been in the. Champions League for the last five years. So, like, those are all good things. Like, those are all really, really good things that expectations are heightened. And I thought you brought up a great point that Pochettino helped you get to this point where Jose Mourinho would even consider your club. And I don't look at those things necessarily for every club and say, yeah, that's not good enough. That might not be good enough for Manchester United to sustain your capacity as the manager there. But I certainly think it's very simple for me. If Mourinho delivers some silverware to Tottenham, then this was a success. It's probably going to end poorly because it always ends poorly with him. So you just have to get over that. And you, you sort of have to just enjoy the ride while the going's good and hope that it results in some silverware for your trophy case because that's what this is all about. And that was what the knock was on Pochettino. So from that standpoint, again, don't say just because it wasn't good enough for Manchester United, it's not good enough for you. It's not the way I see it. So you know, it's sort of like in, in Spain... If he had gone to you know uh, Sevilla, 
you know, well, Sevilla doesn't have the same expectation as Real Madrid. Those are two totally different clubs, two totally different expectation levels. So from that standpoint, I mean, I think that that would be considered a success if Mourinho were able to deliver that to Tottenham the way he delivered it to United. If this were my club, and clearly it is not, if this were my club, I would have been really concerned if Tottenham made this decision, moved on from the manager that brought him to the status that they currently hold, and they went out and got some random coach from a different league. Like Big Sam. Or <laughs> a, re- a reach. I, I don't know. It, it, if they went out and grabbed like a random coach from La Liga or from France and tried to do another rebuild, I think as a Chelsea supporter, I would have rather seen Tottenham do that because I, I feel that would have created a path for Tottenham where it would have been more difficult for them to get back to where they currently are. But them going out and getting Jose, they, they went out and got the, a manager with the best resume they've ever had. Correct. Like this is this isn't just some random manager. Like they they fired their coach, and then instead of going out to get some random guy you've never heard of, they go out and they land their highest profile manager in club history. Right now, maybe that manager's all washed up, maybe. But I think that with him, wherever he's gone, he's won something. And I think that if you're a Spurs supporter, that's pretty much what you're hoping for in this situation, especially when you think about the ticking clock for Harry Kane. And Erickson and Alderweireld. So, you know, as soon as you think about the ticking clock for some of the players that you have, you've already lost Trippier. So, you know, I, I would tend to say you know, these players, you know, Danny Rose, these players are, are not on lifetime contracts here with Tottenham. So, you know, this era, are you just going to close the window on this era and get absolutely nothing out of it? Or are you going to try to do something in this time frame while this window is still open in some capacity? How wide open it is, I have no idea. But I don't pay that close of an attention to it. But they were in the Champions League final last year, and they finished in the top four, I think, four straight years. So I know 14th on the table today through 10, 11, 12 matches, whatever it is, doesn't look all that inspiring. But I do feel like you gotta you got to get something out of this. And if there was disconnect with Pochettino and the board and Levy, then okay, I'll, I'll leave that for people who are more qualified to have that conversation. But it seems like something was wrong towards the tail end of last season before the Champions League match where he was suggesting he might walk away. And now you get Mourinho to walk through the door. And I, I do. I, I, I try to, I'm doing the same thing you are. I'm trying to put myself in, in their shoes. I'm thinking, I feel like we could have done a lot worse here. I really do. Like, I, this might be something. Like this, and I could completely crash into the side of a wall. I don't think it's going to last long, whatever it yeah, is, but, but yeah, it might result in a trophy. Well, you squeeze some of uh, what you have in these players while you have these players. To me, I think that that's not a bad strategic approach to take. Yeah. And the catch is Liverpool and Man City are still really good. So it's going to take a lot for a club to dethrone one of those clubs and win right. the Prem, which I know is one of the goals for Tottenham. I think it's a missed opportunity for Tottenham if you look at it from a big picture. Ideally for this club, they moved forward spending money kind of evolving this roster with Poch. So Poch could stay with this team and a team that was still a little bit younger um, and not just the same guys. And because the conversation you constantly hear now, the reason they had to make the decision, these players are sick of the message. The players are sick of the message. Well, it's the same players for quite some time. And the manager has asked for new players for quite some time. And we all know 2018, he didn't get a single player. And they finally changed it this year. So I don't think, I think it's, Easier to change the manager than it is to change all of the players, but I think there was an opportunity for Tottenham to be better with the roster and keep Potch, but they've missed that opportunity. It's gone too far. There is a fracture in the relationship, clearly, and then they put themselves in a spot where they had to either choose the manager or the players. I think 
They didn't want to be in that spot to begin with, but being in that spot, they made the right decision. You change the manager, you don't change your entire roster, and you bring in a guy who never would have even considered your club five years ago. That's yeah. that's the result, and it's going to be chaos. Tottenham will be in the news cycle for good or for bad, no matter what it is. It's going to be fascinating television. Can't wait to watch this weekend. I would not have watched Tottenham, or I would not have gone out of my way to pay attention to Tottenham and West Ham this weekend at all. Not a chance, and it's going to be incredible. It's going to be must-watch. You're going to be tweeting about it. You're going to be seeing videos on social media. I've got a million GIFs that are locked and loaded with Jose Mourinho, so I'm happy that I can use those again on social media, because those never, ever, ever get tired. I never get sick of looking at those, and I'm sure he's going to provide a whole new era of GIFs or GIFs or whatever you want to call them for all of us to use to our own entertainment. And it's good news as, I mean, we we are uh, Premier League fans. We, we watch La Liga. We watch football in England. We watch football in Germany and here in the U.S. We're fans of the leagues around the world, and Jose Mourinho being back in the Premier League is good news for the Premier League. It's good news for fans. Whether it's good news for Tottenham fans, we'll, we'll find out, but Jose being back in the league is good for television, and yeah. it's good for me. Yeah, I think the guy is uh, an enormous scoundrel, and I could sit here and I can say, I, I could talk all from one side of a rivalry in Spain, and I don't ever have to worry about this guy showing up and managing my club. Like, I don't ever have to worry about that. So I can say whatever the fuck I want to say here. So, you know, like, I'm totally free because I'm never going to have to eat these words one day because Jose Mourinho is going to show up in camp. No, that's never going to happen. No. Based on what went down between Real Madrid and Barcelona when he was the manager there and Pep Guardiola was the manager in Barca. So I don't have to worry about that. The guy's a scoundrel and, and you know, I, I, I don't, but I'm, I'm oddly addicted to watching the moments that he's involved with, whether it's press conferences, whether it's players and subliminal messaging, and ultimately what comes with it is, is again, your bottom line if you're a Spurs fan is just hang your hat on this. The guy wins. He might not win everything you want him to win, but he's been a winner wherever he's gone, even if it seems like like the quality of the winning has decreased, certainly, over the last couple of stops. All right, I'm going to throw a couple quotes your way. This is just some reaction. Some reaction. Tell me who you think these quotes are about. Uh, Quote, I've never known players to perform like they did last season and then be so bad now. It's unprecedented. Uh, Big Sam was quoted as saying, shocked to say the least. Uh, They must have had someone lined up already to make the decision now. Um, Another quote, I'm sad to see him go because I got to know him quite well. He's a great manager with a great character. He's a loss to the prem. Who do you think they're talking about? Uh, Pochettino. That is, those are quotes about Jose Mourinho back in 2015 okay. after he left Chelsea when there were rats with Chelsea. Do you remember the rats of Chelsea? I do. Eden I believe Hazard. it was Costa, Diego Costa, Eden Hazard, Cesc Fabregas. Correct. Those yeah. were the three. That one fan at Stamford Bridge held up a sign saying the three rats of mm. Chelsea were Eden Hazard, Diego Costa, Cesc Fabregas. Those were the players that forced Jose out. And I feel like these quotes are very, very similar to what you're getting from Pochettino. Like, amazing season. It's incredible that it unraveled so quickly. Uh... You can't really change the entire roster. You got to just change the manager. It's a loss to the Prem. It's very similar. And so I think maybe Jose has a little bit of experience in this situation. So maybe that's good news. I don't maybe. know. I mean, I think he's lost a lot of his credibility based on how it went down to Manchester United. Now, again, you know, that's Ed Woodward and the board and not wanting to spend, et cetera. So there's more layers to that than simply saying he's well washed up because his tenure at Manchester United was a colossal failure. There are more layers to it, and I think that there's some validity in the concern that what what presented a problem for him at United might be ten times worse 
at Tottenham because of the spending, right? Because what we know now, and it was printed in The Guardian, that while Maurizio Pochettino was at Spurs, they were 17th among current Premier League clubs in spending. 17th among current Premier League clubs in spending. So if he didn't like the way they were spending at United, well, boy, oh boy, you better brace for what's going to happen at Tottenham. But again, I, I do think trying to squeeze something out of this unit, to me, it, it, you know, not a big Daniel Levy fan or critic. Or don't particularly care, but I I could see the I could see the thinking behind this. Yeah, I, I understand the decision. It's shocking. By the way, because all it or happens. nothing, all or nothing, twenty twenty. You know who it is. It's Tottenham, and yeah. I actually have an update on that. Here's a tweet from this morning, Darren. Amazon Prime have already filmed new Tottenham head coach Jose Mourinho for the upcoming All or Nothing series. Beautiful. As they documented his first day in his new job before posing some questions to him. Perfect. So they already have Jose Mourinho on camera for the All or Nothing series. And it goes uh, to show you one other lesson in sports, too. If you sense that something's amiss, maybe it's quicker to nip it in the bud sooner rather than later. Because now you find yourself in 14th. Maybe the writing was on the wall last year when Maurizio Pochettino said, hey, we win the Champions League, I might just walk away. Because the messaging there for a lot of people was, you can't do any better than this. You know, you're just not going to get anywhere. You're not going to be able to do this again. And maybe there was something to that at the time. It was written about, it was speculated about. And maybe now through the benefit of hindsight, it would have been better to rip the Band-Aid off then rather than wait until you're 10, 12 matches in and 14th on the table. If any of our listeners subscribe to The Athletic, they put out a piece this morning uh, about Pochettino and how he began sulking around the club before the Champions League final that uh, continued into the offseason, into the summer, and has continued into this season. And it details the divide that he had with Levy, the divide he had with his players. Uh, There are sources, and say what you will about sources, but sources, according to the report, saying players essentially were hiding from Pochettino at training because they were just scared of him, didn't want to get yelled at by Pochettino. Um, Whatever, whoever, wherever you place the blame, whether you blame Pochettino or the players for for not sticking up for their manager and just continuing his course, at the end of the day, I think the decision that was made Moving on is the right decision. Whether Jose's the right guy or not, we'll find out, and no one can can tell you right now whether anyone's convinced whether they know he's going to be great or terrible. They they don't know, but we'll see what happens. It was the right decision to move on, and I can't wait for the All or Nothing series. It's going to be so fantastic. Yeah, I mean, and I think the other part of this now is what what becomes a Pochettino. And I would tell you here as a Barca fan, I would love for him to go home. He lives in Barcelona. His family's there. His children go to the same school that the president of Barca, uh, where his kids go to school. I would love that. He's got roots there. Obviously, he's from Argentina, but he's got some roots that are established in Barcelona. It's not going to happen. I mean, I, I think the writing's pretty well on the wall that Barca's next manager after Ernesto Valverde, whenever it is that Ernesto Valverde, he's probably going to last the entire season, and then they'll switch over to uh, Ronald Koeman in the after the Euros, which you know is the whole Ajax Netherlands connection. That that's not even a well kept secret anymore. I would love to see him in Spain. I would love to see him at Barcelona. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen. Again, I think that the the next manager at Barca has already been decided on. So, you know, you just have to ride with that. But I don't know what becomes of him now. If you're Manchester United, do you do you say, hey, uh, you know, Ali, get your hands off the wheel? I mean, do you do? You, how many clubs would fire their manager now to get Maurizio Pochettino? Does he go to Bayern? I mean, what what becomes of him? Because I would think that the things he was able to accomplish at Spurs. 
speak for themselves. Even if he didn't ultimately bring home the silverware, I would think that he's going to be in high demand and that there are lots of clubs around Europe, Jordan, that would fire their manager to get Maurizio Pochettino. My club, I wish was one of them. I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, you expect him to land with a big club. A big club, Bayern Munich, obviously comes to mind. I know Arsenal fans probably want Pochettino. I can't imagine he would ever go <laughs> there. It's the same reason he wouldn't go to Barcelona. Um, so where does he land as a Chelsea supporter? I hope he doesn't land in England. Like the last thing I want is for him to go sign up with like Everton and then turn Everton into what he did with Tottenham. All of a sudden, like Everton are in a Champions League final and taking up a top four spot every single year. Like I don't want that. I would prefer he goes to Bayern Munich and you know you can win a bunch of trophies in Germany or go to Dortmund for all I care. Just just don't go somewhere in well, England. We're going to take everybody away. can at Bayern. <laughs> No? <laughs> it's been a little harder the last couple of years. Okay. Well, he can go win at Bayern because I think he would win at Bayern. I just don't want him to go to some, like, I don't want him to go to, like, Wolves or, yeah. like, Everton or Crystal Palace or something like that, and he resurrects another club. Not like resurrects. I'm, I feel like I'm maybe being too hard on Tottenham, but Pochettino did elevate that club. Right. I mean, he, st- he stabilized them. He, I mean, it's four straight years on the bounce for them in Champions League, which is really good. I mean, that's a really, really good thing, even if the focus at times has been on what they haven't won there. That's a really, really good thing for Spurs. For me, maybe they're dissatisfied at the harp. I'll let them speak for themselves. I don't know the answer to that. But yeah, I would love it, man. I would. I swear I would love it if Barca were to make a strong run at him and appeal to the fact that he lives there and his kids go to school there. I would love that. Uh, I know what you're saying about Espanol, but come on, you're going to let Espanol stand in your way of managing that club? That player, while you still have Messi on your squad, but again, I just, I don't think it's part of, I don't think it's reality. I don't, I think they've already decided who their next manager is. So I'm with you. Does he stay in England? Does he go international? It's going to be fascinating because he's also getting paid, which is a big part of this as well, which is why he wouldn't walk away because he's still getting paid and he's getting paid a lot of money not to manage. So he has the luxury of taking his time and doing what Jurgen Klopp did and sitting back and waiting for the right opportunity to pop up. And what a missed opportunity for San Diego Loyal. All of a sudden, Pochettino's available, and you just named a head coach last week. Are you kidding me? Well, I'll give you another one, because I've seen this out there as well, as we'll transition into our next subject. I speaks English. Are we really that happy with Greg Berhalter's 2019? Well... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. No, we're no, not, right? No, not I mean, really. I mean, if uh, I know his English, you know, isn't the Queen's English, but he's survived for the last several years in England, which tells me that he can speak English, which means that why wouldn't the men's national team? <laughs> I know it's never going to happen. Darren, we beat Canada, right? Uh, yes, oh Canada. Oh, my gosh. And Cuba. Oh, my gosh. I was so concerned we were going to lose to Canada again. And uh, Cuba on we a Tuesday Cuba night. We beat Cuba, too? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. We're on fire. On fire. Way to way to end 2019. Extend with, Berhalter. With a record, if I have this right, of 10 wins, 5 losses, and 2 draws. <laughs> now, I would ask you this. Name one significant win. Mm. You just brought up Canada and Cuba. Those are the two most recent ones. Yeah. But name, name what, what was the biggest? Mm. Are we officially done with Pochettino? I mean, we can be. Yeah, we can move. You want to transition into the, the national no, this team? No, this is good. This is good. The highlight for that me. That was 23 on Pochettino. It's a lot. And, and Jose. No one wants to hear a Barca and Chelsea fan talk about Tottenham. Um, the highlight for Burhalter this year is losing to Mexico in the Gold Cup final on the day that the women won the World Cup for me. That's, that's the, highlight. the highlight? Yeah, that's the I highlight. thought his biggest one of the year was convincing somehow uh, Serginho Dest to go with the Americans. Oh, so. Over the Dutch. Not, not like an actual match. 
not no. a result. No. I mean, who needs those? Going no, into I don't. A I don't really cycle. look at the results as all that significant or memorable or important. Can you remember the moment where you're like, "Yeah, f yeah, Greg Berhalter, no. U.S. Men's National Team Manager." I don't think that moment's happened yet. I don't think it has happened. I mean, they were they were we were, we were in the Gold Cup, made it to the final, but doesn't feel like that had any. It doesn't feel like that resonates with U.S. fans. We were caught up in Women's World Cup hype at that time. Yeah. We were down at Petco Park, uh, Petco Park watching those matches. So, yeah, I guess yeah. there so, hasn't so been your right. desk. To me, that's like the biggest win that the U.S. men's national I team has had a, all year. That's a good call. I think that probably is the moment, which is, I mean, it's good news, but it's also unfortunate that that's your, that's your featured moment. That's your highlight of the year. Well, because the only other like thing they could have done was won the, world, won the Gold Cup. Yeah, and well, they did That's it. all they could have done. I mean, again, because it's also unfair. I mean, what did you want them to do, run the table? As they're instituting a new plan, a new philosophy, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think I tend to think we'll get back into action in 2020 with a couple of cupcakes in January, and you know, start getting into qualifying. But I don't, I don't sense that we're in a much better position today than we were one year ago before Burhalter had managed his first match for the U.S. But that's just me. Well, we beat Canada this time, so I guess we can call that progress because last time we didn't. We're undefeated in the uh, Serginio Dest era. That is true. Hey, he uh, he called his shot. He did. He did call his shot. He said he the U.S. would not lose to Canada, and by golly, we did not lose to Canada in soccer. Nope. No, we did not. Um, did you watch the USL championship game over the weekend? Because I did. the head coach of SD Loyal was there. I did. I did. I saw them tweeting all throughout the day that Landon was on a flight to go to Louisville. The USL Championship match. Is that what it's called? The USL Cup? Is it? I, I probably need to learn a little bit more of the terminology here. But I watched the USL final. It was uh, Real Monarchs taking on Lou City. As I learned, that is the, the uh, what, how they're referred to, Louisville City FC. Lou City. Lulu. And it was in Louisville. I thought it was a great vibe. It looked like a cool atmosphere. There was this big train that was going by in the background. About 7,000 people crammed into that stadium. Good energy. Lou City took a 1-0 lead early, like first five, six, seven minutes. Earliest goal ever scored in the USL Championship Final. And uh, then the Real Monarchs came roaring back and scored three unanswered and took home the hardware, took home the trophy. So congratulations to them. Can't wait to see next year when it's Real Monarchs versus SD Loyal in the Western Conference Final, perhaps. That's what I'm looking forward yeah, me to. Me too. Because now that what it means is the... The final USL season without SD Loyal is in the books. Yes. The next time that this league opens up a season, guess who's there? SD Loyal. SD Loyal. Yeah. These are teams that we get to take on next season. So goals in the 25th, 45th, and 66th minute. Three unanswered. That's the difference. I think the big takeaway for us in San Diego is the fact that Landon Donovan was on the field getting interviewed during this match. That was at halftime, right? Uh, that was at halftime. He and the commissioner, Jake Edwards. Correct. Jake Edwards, the commissioner of USL Championship, which they also talked about uh, promotion and relegation. I saw that. Which Funny. Was, Landon has switched gears a little bit on this. Well, he, kind of, <laughs> he, he let you in a little bit. He's, as a coach, it's, it's not an exciting idea. But as a fan, it's an exciting idea. I love it. I think somewhere, somewhere, somehow down the road, the U.S. Soccer Federation will put this plan into place. Yeah, we have to remember MLS 25 years into this. I don't know that it's 100% financially stable. They still rely a lot on uh, the money that they get from international matches, et cetera. So, you know, maybe somewhere, somehow down the road, when everybody's up and functioning and the values of franchises 
start increasing. Maybe there's an opportunity to do something like that, but I, I like that the idea of promotion and relegation hasn't completely gone away yet to the point where it was asked about. And I think that also becomes part of the personality of being a USL city is, you know, the conversation we've had about not being at the top of the soccer pyramid, but also having a little bit of that renegade, a little bit of that us versus you, and the U.S. Open Cup, Open Cup matches mean that much more because we're like double middle finger, fuck you guys, you know? So I do think that there's something about, hey, we're not part of that corporate structure, you're holding us out. Like I, I sort of like that whole renegade spirit to USL. Uh, totally notable that you're already seeing the benefit of Landon Donovan as being a head coach, co-owner, and vice president with the club. I mean, how many other clubs in USL Championship were having their head coach interviewed at halftime during the USL Championship game? Right. It landed Donovan. I, did, I didn't being... see. I didn't see David Villa there. I did not. It was a sad moment for me, David Villa. You were hoping. My wife was a big David Villa fan. First player that she gravitated towards. First Barcelona match that we went to. She loved David Villa. So to see him retire, but get involved with USL Championship is very good. Very yeah. exciting. Looking forward to that. Maybe David Villa comes out to San Diego sometime. Maybe. I love that. Maybe. But it was very cool Great to see Landon getting a lot of camera time there on the during the USL Championship match on ESPN2. Yeah. yeah, did you like his uh, Dolce & Gabbana cap that he was wearing? Yeah. Styling. He was styling. He was. He was very fashionable. Not used to it. <laughs> He's not used to the, the elements. No. He said he would not be wearing what he was wearing in San Diego. Right. He's very used to the Southern California weather, it seems. Yes. Well, I think then he's uh, managing and owning the right club. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. So the uh, next USL championship season, San Diego Loyal will be in. But we do finally have a different champion other than Lou City. Lou City. Lou City. Did you learn a little bit? Well, i got to learn all that lingo now, watching. Yeah. By the way, also, shout out to the Las Vegas Lights for mixing it up on social media. We talked about it last week, about a potential rivalry between Landon Donovan and Eric Winalda, mm-hmm. who I don't believe are best friends, but we talked about mixing it up a little bit, and when they announced Landon as the manager... They went to social media and said, oh, yet again, Landon following in the footsteps of Eric Winalda. So I think I'm more excited about the potential rivalry with Vegas than I am even with like Orange County. Me too. Like those guys are just Orange County. Like they're just probably, I don't know, eating a bunch of orange slices and looking at Twitter. They're not actually engaging. But like the Vegas guys, like they're in, they're creating the rivalry. Like OC, boring Vegas. Those are our rivals. Plus, to be quite frank, I don't, driving to Orange County sucks, whereas getting on a flight and going to Las Vegas that's better. Yeah. That's a lot better. Like, that's more exciting if you're thinking about an away match as a SD Loyal fan. Yeah. Much more exciting to think about, let's go to Vegas. Yeah. Way Tear better. that shit up for a couple of days. Like plastic Club in Orange go County. drive up the 5 and then the 405. It blows. Yeah. So I'm I don't want to go do that stuff. I want to go to Vegas. I love that they're mixing it up. They're saying, yep, Landon just following in the footsteps of Eric Winalda again. I mean, but let's, let's set the record straight here. Landon Donovan, clearly the more decorated U.S. men's national team player. Yeah. I would, yeah. Those are facts. Facts, baby. Facts. Those are facts. I know. Winaldo's got to, you know, he's got to figure out a way to navigate the lights into the postseason. Yeah. They need to worry about their own club before they start attacking our club. <laughs> Look, we're already in their heads. We haven't even started yet. But I do, Imagine I, when we actually get going. I like that they, they took the initiative there. I do appreciate that. Yeah. Again, or, like I said, I think those away matches will be a lot of fun. Yeah. At Cashman Field, it's an old baseball park. I've been there. Right. I know. So you went exciting. To, you went to one of their lame foam parties. I did. I did. Foam party. Foam party. I can't wait to make fun of those. Yeah. It's so I, I presented that uh, that tweet to somebody with SD Loyal 
about the lights mixing it up, and all I got back in response was, we will kill them. <laughs> See? Orange County. Putting me to sleep. Orange County, Vegas, you're out. You are get out. It. You are a has-been that never even was. They don't even belong in USL anyway. Like, send them down. They're Seriously. not even going to mix it up with us. We're a couple miles away. What we got to rely on Vegas? I'm too busy focusing on their plastic surgery and lattes. Yeah. Have you seen that stadium? No. It's a joke. Absolute the joke. franchise is a joke. Anything else we need to get to today, Darren? <laughs> I don't think so. I oh, hope. I, 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 one quick thought. Uh, just a quick, <laughs> quick thought. Uh, MLS versus Liga Emma Equis. All-star game next summer back uh, yeah. at California Stadium. Yeah. Um, I prefer when the uh, teams from England come over to play the MLS All-Stars because it gives me an opportunity to potentially see Chelsea. Chelsea have come over before to watch, to play the MLS All-Stars. I think this is much better for North American soccer fans. I do. I, I'm, I'm struggling to figure out exactly what Liga Emma Equis is getting out of this other than money. Because you know they already are the more popular league in the United States, so I don't know exactly what it is that they're committing to here. I'm sure that there is some financial reward for them. Plus, let's be honest, taking on MLS All-Stars means you're taking on Carlos Vela and Jonathan Dos Santos. So some of the bigger Mexican stars in North America or in Major League Soccer. So I'm sure there's some element of that. Mm-hmm. But I like it. You know, somewhere down the road, if the possibility exists for a partnership between Liga MX and MLS, I think it's good for everybody. I do. I think that'd be good for everybody. It raises the level of competition. It attaches uh, more popular league to MLS and maybe a little bit more money to Liga MX. So all in all, I'm in favor, but I'm I'm sort of struggling just to figure out exactly what it is that Liga MX gets out of this. Yeah, I selfishly say it takes away an opportunity for Chelsea, the random team that might come. Could be Chelsea, I guess. But really, if it helps grow the game, grow eyeballs to the sport here in Southern California and around the country, then it's good news for the for the league, for, for both leagues, I guess. I mean, if there's a financial reason for for uh, Liga MX to do it, then clearly there's your reason to do it right there. July 29th, Bank of California Stadium. That is a must-attend for me. Yeah, we'll be there for that. Must-attend next summer. Let's make a weekend of it. Okay, we can do that. We can do that. Anything else we need to get to? I think we made Tottenham fans feel much better about their situation today. Probably not. They're probably like, God, those two hacks like it? Oh, brutal. It's going to be a horrendous failure. Um, Cholos, final match Friday night. Yeah. Leon. Please get into the Ligia. Deck is stacked against them. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Deck is stacked against them. Maybe the final match for Oscar Pereja. Have you heard anything? I have. I've heard that he was a candidate for the Houston gig. And that this this could be his final match for Club Tijuana on Friday night. Ugh. I don't like that. Okay. Are you going? No. This Friday, I have a broadcast, Darren, San Diego State Basketball. You can tune in on Stadium. Okay. I don't know if I get Stadium, but I'll be on the lookout for it. Everyone gets it. It's an online stream. Cool. The, the interwebs, Darren. The interwebs. So I hope we made Tottenham fans feel... Feel good. Who, I think, did, who did we make feel good today? Spurs fans? U.S. men's national team fans? MLS fans? I think SD loyal fans. SD loyal fans? Absolutely. We shit all over the OC team. <sighs> Done with them. So I think I'll never say OC here again. Yeah. They're banned from this podcast. Yeah. Focus on your orange slices. We're going to go to some foam parties in Vegas. Damn Take right. them on. Damn Skippy. Right. Derek Winaldo over there. Very exciting. Uh, Did you see when Alder shut down Grant Wall and Alexi Lalas last night on Twitter? 
two of them are arguing back and forth about what letter grade you would give the men's national team against Cuba. Winalda just chimes in. He's like, hey, don't you guys have each other's phone numbers? Nobody cares about this conversation. Shut up. <laughs> God, Winalda just loves making enemies, and uh, I love it. It's the best. <laughs> All right, this is how we're going to close it out. Which Jose will Tottenham get? Are they going to get the Chelsea Jose that won three league titles, an FA Cup, a couple tournaments along the way? Are they going to get the Manchester United version? Are we back to this? What does that mean? I mean, I think when he wins the Carabao Cup, it's just going to be, what? You guys don't know what winning's like. I know what winning's like. Oh, Nobody here has ever won the Carabao Cup before me. Oh, my God, Darren. I didn't even consider that layer. Oh, yeah. He's going to trash his own club, isn't he? Absolutely. I take, Every chance he gets. That's what comes back, with the territory. I, but he's going to deliver you the Carabao Cup. I take back everything I just said. <laughs> this is going to end terribly for Tottenham. It's silverware and chaos. You the fired, Jose Mourinho story. You sacked Poch for Jose? <laughs>